Awesome. No, you're good. So, yeah, background about me. I am from uh, Peoria, Illinois, originally. Um, moved out to Nebraska for my first job uh, in news where I worked as a reporter. And then I actually, fun fact, was the first reporter to ever report on a court case inside of a courtroom in Nebraska. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of case was it? That was so long ago, I don't remember. <laughs> that was 2016. I can barely le- remember last okay. week. So you know? it wasn't like a murder or anything. Then. I feel like you'd remember that, probably. It maybe could have been a murder. Could have been. Okay. It could have, yeah. I mean, it could have. <laughs> You've done so many. Yeah, so, yeah, really, I have. Um, and then after that, I moved back to Chicago, got out of the news for a little bit. Um, I was a personal stylist over there, and then... Got back into news during the pandemic in 2020. So I moved back to central Illinois, worked as a reporter weekend anchor, um, and then moved to Rochester. All right. And you're doing now. What What are you doing now? I you am a reporter, um, dayside reporter. I focus a lot of my time on um, really just like impactful people stories. A lot of people don't... Um, really see marginalized people um, kind of like bringing light to those and giving them justice. That's great. There's so many topics there that I, I want to hear about. Yeah. Um, so I made a few notes while we were chatting earlier. And uh, how do you decide what to cover? Um, so we basically go into a pitch meeting. Um, and it's also the word of mouth from the community. The community is your biggest, biggest, biggest point of focus. How is it impacting the community how did this certain situation impact them? And just really kind of developing a story from there. And also follow-ups. You know, following up on those stories that you don't, you may be hearing. And then seeing a different angle and a different light to it. Um, for example, a seven-year-old was choked by a bus monitor on his way home from school yesterday. Oh my gosh. Follow-up story from this to that would be, okay... How many times has this happened? We've heard of a 14-year-old getting beat up by a bus monitor, things of that nature. So that's kind of where you develop your stories. And when you say story, so say I have a friend who's in film school and you think of the elements of a story, rising action, villain, all this stuff. When you say story, do you mean making what happens in our community kind of fit a story? Or you're trying to report um, facts and then... Why does this matter to all of us? There's, I assume there's a combination of the two there. So it's you don't have a villain in every story, right? So And you don't create a narrative. If you're talking, storytelling is taking it down and breaking it into a flow that a person can understand more fully. You call yourself a reporter? Is that mm-hmm. What makes a good reporter? Telling the story in a way that's fair and also... Telling a story and something that you don't necessarily agree with, but being fair when you deliver it. And how do you go about doing that? What are the things you have to do on a daily basis to, to do your job at a high level? So at a, if, we're, if we're, I can talk about like an issue, right? So if we talk about an issue, let's say I, I, like I'm a gay man. So if a person was to, if I go to a LGBTQIA rights thing, and someone says, you know, gay people shouldn't get married. I'm just using this as a, I have to take myself out of it. Like, I can't be like, what? Are you, you know, and voice my opinion. I can't do that. So. That's got to be hard. 
though, to not have an opinion sometimes and keep it just factual based off of what you're seeing or yeah, hearing. And it, it is. And it's difficult. But that's what's amazing about a news team as well is you have people that keep you in check as well. If they say this could be blurry, you know, when we have our producers look over our scripts, they're, they're the backbones. Producers are the backbone of a newsroom, you know, and they are able to be objective. And sometimes you may not see it as a reporter when you're writing that it could be blurred. And so we have them to look over and say, you know, this kind of rides a line. Let's fix this to make it look more neutral. So kind of like that. That's interesting. Yeah, And, and we've dealt with different reporters over the years. And, and Yes. I can definitely respect um, you in our, I don't know what I want to say. I can definitely respect what you're saying in the sense of reporting the facts and not putting in your own opinion. Sometimes when you see other articles put out, you can tell they're opinion-based and not factual. Um, and that's kind of something that's been going on in the last couple of years is fact-checking, seeing what's true, what's not, what's opinions. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's great that you're like, yes, I have to report the facts and tell you the story based on what what's in front of you. and even though that's hard to do sometimes, that's what your job is. And we have to swallow it, you know, and it's, it's difficult. We don't, we're human. Every human has an emotion. Every human has an opinion. If you don't have an opinion, you're a liar. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't believe that you don't have, and I'm sure like, everyone has an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's, (laughs) and it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. But, but when you're telling a story as a reporter, your job is to do both parties justice. If it's in a disagreement, you can like I'm a firm believer in that. I hate one-sided stories. Like a dog story, I did. Which this is a huge example of that. The guy clearly beat this dog. It was clear. It was evident. There was video of him beating the dog. Yeah. I had one side of the story and it was a person that was telling me that. I did not feel right not talking to the person that beat the dog. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed the person that beat the dog. What did he say? Didn't beat the dog. That he did not chain the dog up in the pool. The dog chained himself up in the pool. Oh. Because there was Vienna sausages in there. No what? Vienna sausages. None. And um, he was playing it with it with a stick. But when you look at the pictures, playing doesn't leave gashes on the poor puppy's face. Right. Well, you asked him and then the facts showed otherwise yeah and, and that was the investigation reported, so. by yeah that was yeah. the investigation done you know the investigation right. showed full proof you know right but you know telling that story and you guys can look it up yourselves you know it's me not interjecting my own opinion like dude come on right even you, though it's hard you're like obviously you, you did this yeah <laughs> yeah it's clear as day yeah. if you guys see yeah. the video you're like yeah you beat the dog yeah <laughs> you know was, it, was that maybe three or four weeks ago if i recall i think i watched it, it was in february it. okay yeah and then I guess you get into the scenario where you ask a question, they answer the question, and then you want to ask a follow-up question, mm-hmm. and then there's probably some sort of a balance there between listening to what they have to say and then you know, holding their feet to the fire on something that doesn't make sense. Right. So like the, the video, let's use that again as the example. I was like, you know, what does the video show? The video shows you hitting the dog with a stick. You know, no, it wasn't like it was just me playing with the dog. And it's like it's like that kind of follow up question. And it's hard to hold their people's feet to the fire without interjecting your own opinion. Yes, it's fact. 
But I can't, like, it was clearly him in the video. There was no other person in the video beating the dog. So it's hard. Like, you, you hold their feet to the fire, but you have to do it in a respectful way that is... I'm going to challenge you on this on this question, but I'm going to be respectful. That makes sense. Yeah. And going back a little bit there, I know the reporters that I've worked with that I've respected in the past, I think it's like any job, right? You put in the extra work. You're out here today. you got a story coming out tonight, and you've talked to three or four people. You've read the law. You've done the research. Um, and sometimes reporters call up and say, hey, can I get a, a quote? In 30 minutes, you called me two weeks ago and mm-hmm. said, this is something that's important to me. I want to do a, a, a real investigation. Um, who should I talk to? And you've talked to several people on both sides. That's a little different than I'm used to. Um, something that I, and there are fast breaking stories. We understand that. But a, a story like this that we're talking about, DWI and marijuana, this has been the law for a while. Um, maybe talk about the difference between a, a quick developing story and a, a story that develops over time. Yeah, so there's what is called day of news. So day of news is where I would call you and say, let's, um, that accident that happened down here. Remember that, the, and that uh, woman or man was killed during that high-speed chase? Yes. That would be like me calling you, that's it, let's say that happened today. I'd say, okay, hey, what can this person be charged with? How would you defend this person that was intoxicated, fleeing from police, you know, I could talk to you about that. That's day of news. But this, I am working on a series of stories. So it's looking for the best lawyer to talk to me about what's what can be done. Does that if that makes sense? Sure. Um, and from what I when I talk to you, I've talked to several different lawyers. Um, what made you different is your ability to communicate. How do I? I'll put it plainly. Like I'm a kindergartner. So, and that's what I need. You know, we have to talk to people like everyone needs to be talked to like they don't understand. I'm not going to understand every legal thing that you say. Yeah, it's a real challenge for us. We, we spend a ton of money to learn to talk and write like idiots. It, it is, <laughs> but it's bizarre. Like, I always tell that to people all the time. It's like, you got to talk to people, including myself, like I'm stupid. Because I am when it comes down to certain science, you know, doctors and, you know, this Waglin, whatever type right. of word they want to use, yeah, you know? Right. And it's, when you get wrapped up in talking about legal terms or doctors talk about medical terms, and that's what they do all day, every day, mm-hmm. they forget that everyone else has no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So you got to bring it back down to basics. So this is why I always have Bree here. Mm-hmm. Bree's with me all the time. So Bree's not a lawyer, but she's, I always say, the most important person at our office because she's, she's like, you. she's <laughs> halfway between, she's, she lives in the lawyer world, but she's not a lawyer. So, I, like I she, still don't know everything you're talking about all the time. But, but she can trans, She translates yeah. to right. I have some understanding. Twenty-something-year-old know girl. how to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> twenty. Um, yeah, but then I know how to translate it and talk to someone else about it and break it down. Um, it makes sense, though. I mean, it. it's true, and you know that's kind of like what. Me as a reporter, it's kind of that that gatekeeper is here. This is what we're going to try to translate it to you, you know, and I'll say break it down the easiest way possible. Like when we talked about the active and inactive metabolites, metabolites, like, you know, that's break it down the easiest way possible, you know, and that's what you did. Yeah. 
I tried to. I don't know. You did. I, you did. Good job. I did. <laughs> you didn't but. say I'll go into the fat and sits there for, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's a lot. <laughs> right. The, um, I can do this forever. Thanks so much for being yeah. here. This is, this is wonderful. Um, yeah. I, I could sit here and ask you questions for hours. We're, um, we're good. I'm waiting for a call back for my next story. So, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, if you so, gotta like cut it. Oh no, just we're good. We are, we're good. I haven't got a text yet. <laughs> the um, so you've interviewed tons of people. What makes a good interview and a and you know a not good interview? Like what, when you walk in and talk to someone and you sit down and they start answering the questions and you're like, oh boy, all right, I gotta fix the way I'm asking these questions. Well, and some people, it's nervous though. People get nervous and rightfully so. Like I will tell you guys this right now, 110%. You could not put me on a podium in front of a hundred people and speak. Really? No. So, but you've been live in front of cameras and every day that you're fine with that. Every day. I could sit there and have a Take away the camera and you're, you can't do it. I would be like, oh my gosh, and what's going on? You know, I would freak out. (laughs) I would seriously freak out. But I mean, having a camera in someone's face, I think it gets them nervous and they want to answer as if they rehearsed it in their head. Those are what makes like a difficult interview. Um, And I always say, and I understand, you know, and it's, it's, it's nerve wracking. And I always say, okay, shake it off. We're not live. Let's get or it together. Or you have some people who probably over-exaggerate, even though you do have to a little bit mm-hmm. on camera, but there are probably some who go over and beyond, and you have to tell them to settle down a And that's, there is a person that you, when you say that, I think of instantly, and I'm like, oh, if I have to interview this person, it's just going to be like, it's a lot. And I always say, say, okay, let's just relax. Be yourself. We don't need the animation. Yeah. Hmm. And I will say that. Like, and yeah. I'm very blunt. Yeah, because you want it to come out good. Yeah, I'm not mean about it. Like, I'll, I'll just be very blunt about it, just... Kind of relax. But, you know, officials, public officials, city officials, they are the hardest to interview. Because if I say, what color is the sky? Well, it was blue. But, then, you know, it was blue. It turned into gray. And then the gray was, wow. And, the, you know, and it's like, okay. Whew, and I they're probably you. thinking, like, oh, what should I say? What shouldn't I say? That's always going in the back of their mind. It's called, what do they call it? I was talking to one of my friends. Bridge, bridge and deflect. So they're they're going to take something and then they're going to deflect it other ways. And it's like, no. Like, they'll start talking about what you want them to say, but then they'll go off topic and deflect away from the topic if they don't want to answer it. And that's frustrating. So in a prior career, I worked at the DA's office mm-hmm. when I was a young lawyer, and, and one of the bosses over there said, look, they control the questions. You control the answers. They can never make you answer the question. Just keep saying what you want to say, and either they don't put you on TV, or they put what you want to say on TV. And that's the thing, but in the field that we're in now, it's all about relationship building. And, like, if you give, you get. And that's the thing. Like, let's say you have a killer case. You were the bee's knees, but then you and you want to get it out there. and But you screwed over, in a, like, a reporter before and didn't, and you were just being difficult to be difficult. I wouldn't. It's like, what's the point? Right, and it goes both ways. So mm-hmm. we're always worried about, you know, you interview me for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. and I got 29 and a half minutes of really solid stuff, mm-hmm. and you pick out the 10 seconds where I look like an idiot. And that's yeah. trash journalism, though. Like, that's a trash reporter. And, you, you know, you asked about good and bad interviews. That's a trash reporter. Right. I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but it's you should be trying to capture the essence of what this person is giving to you, not mm-hmm. the not the five second sound bite that makes them look like an ass. Yeah, and that's the thing. If they if that's the person does, they don't have any business being in this business. Like, and that's 
factual. I, and I and I firmly believe that. And I will talk about that till the day I die. You have no business being here, and that's a really bad reporter. What's your opinion about people telling you things, quote unquote, off the record? It's off the record. And and just explain that to people that maybe don't have the experience dealing with reporters. Yeah, uh, so if someone says this is off the record or it's background, this is information they're giving you that they're not is not quotable. It's not something that you can run with. And I feel like that is a ethical and moral violation between your subject and you and that partnership that you guys have gained. Um, I have friends and I do call them friends because they have developed, I've developed friendships with these individuals throughout the city that will give information off record and, or give information of, Hey, Chase, okay, pursue this. That is true to me. My producers and my news director don't even know who they are because that's my relationship. And like, that's something I value in each and every, in everybody. And if someone does that and it's off the record and background, call them out on it. And I think as well as we hold people to the fire, they should be held accountable. And do you think that is your personal view or is that a view shared in your profession? It should be shared in my profession. I, I've never heard someone saying, like, especially at 13 Wham, if it's off the record, we do not run that. That is inappropriate. That is not okay. That is a violation of trust. That's unethical. I would never do that. Right. Never. And and, and I, I can tell you, we haven't worked together before. I've never been interviewed by you before. But you call up and you say you're from 13 Wham. I've worked with a number of people there. My opinion, really good news agency. Try to do a good job. If you got 13 Wham name, you can come to my office anytime you want because I've had nothing but good experiences um, with them for 15 straight years. Mm-hmm. No, and then, you know, that's one thing about this station is their their moral and ethical judgments are sound. And, you know, they're a great news organization. I've worked at three now, you know, t- definitely top tier, like a one. That's why they're a legacy station. You know, I came here from central Illinois to this station because of the experience, because of their reputation. And that's why I'm here. Solid. What else you got? Bring. Ask me anything. We have time. Nah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> what do I, I'm sh- wondering if I should well, do part one and part two, cause I'm not sure. Yeah, let's do, any big topics, um, stories that you got coming that you want to give us a little preview for, things that are on your mind, things you're interested in looking at um, that we're going to be seeing coming out from you in the next couple months? Uh, I'll have another series uh, for the DWI, Drug Driving Marijuana. Um, that'll come out, I think, in two weeks. No, next week. Next, next week. i get started on that one. Um, <laughs> so that will be about how other states... Um, I don't know, it's still being researched, what states around us implement the chemical test for um, drug driving. So I always kind of want to see how that works. Um, you know, what's that prosecution look like? Uh, how does that field sobriety test, how does the chemical test go about? Um, that's something I'm interested in as well. Because from what I understand, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert, I'll be the first one to tell you. But from what I understand is you really can't tell when a person is high by a saliva test, all you can tell is that they have marijuana in their system. And that could be from a week ago. It could be from, you know, so I'm just curious. Right. And it's kind of like we were talking about earlier with the scent of marijuana being in the car, kind of like cigarette smoke. It's embedded into your car. That's my understanding from earlier was that's kind of like the same thing for your body where right. it's in your system. It's a, 
So absolutely. And I, I agree a thousand and ten percent. And I think, you know, doesn't mean you're actively smoking right. in your car. If you bought a car and it smells like smoke, are you actively smoking? Right. No, it was the person before you. So. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, when people drive past you, you know, in Rochester, you know, we smell, you know, you can smell it. You can smell it. I'm like, wow, OK, someone's got loud. You yeah. know, you're really loud right now. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things where they could have smoked a blunt before. And it just happens to be coming out of their car. They might have hotboxed it. I don't know. Right. So yeah. it's just curious. Hard to gauge. Yeah. It's an interesting topic. Yeah, it is. It's Different really interesting. Different perspectives, too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, too. I mean, back to stories, you know, how these gun laws are going to be coming out and things like that. Um, how that'll be implemented. You know, we got to get the crime in the city taken care of. You cover any political stuff? I hate politics. Is that a no? That's a huge no. I I try I I do cover them, um, but politics is very messy and it's very. I like to be challenged, but it's just a very very challenging, challenging thing to report on for me. The uh, I mean, just looking from a distance, the the Joe Morelli Laurent Singletary race is it's June, uh, right? Uh, November, I think. Is it? So, Ron Singletary, he was the chief of police Mm -hmm. during the riots, uh, from from the city. He's running as a Republican. Ron. Against, uh, incumbent Joe Morelli, been around forever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they both have some crossover support. I think some Republicans like Morelli. I think some Democrats like Ron. Yeah. I mean, both are really nice. I've met both of them. They're really, really nice guys. Yeah, that's the that's the one. Just from a from a distance, it seems like an interesting an interesting one for our community. Yeah, well. I mean, we have a former police chief that's going to be you know going and running for this. You know, right now we're seeing such high crime throughout Rochester. It just it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And you know, I don't have an opinion on either. I, I again, I'm not a political person. I, I'm just really not. I find it. I find myself to be very ignorant, and I don't think ignorance should report on something they don't have any idea about. Right. That's just seriously my opinion. So you won't be reporting on that. that I'll, I'll have to, but it's just a lot of research. Like, yeah. it's just a lot to take in. I have to understand these people, the politics, and, you know, it's just, it's going right. to be a lot. There's you know? a lot of moving parts. There is. And, yeah. you know, that's the thing about also being a reporter is you have to challenge yourself, even though I don't like politics. And I always say, guys, come on. Like anybody else? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to sit here for 45 minutes and read up on this and ask 70,000 questions because I don't understand something. And, it, you know, but it's great. Again, producers are the backbones. They help you. Chase, no, this is not what this was meant to be. This is where you need to go with it. This is what they're saying. Right. And so it helps me understand. And I, I'm learning, you know. And that's the thing. We're reporters. We're still learning. And everyone has their, what is it called, uh, kryptonite. Yeah. You know, and sometimes politics is that for me. Yeah. That's truth. So, too. So James and I were both prosecutors before we were defense mm-hmm. attorneys, and you know I was very proud of him as a friend to be able to say, "Yeah, I can do. I can do both sides. I can. I can pick up the evidence and I can argue the case mm-hmm. as a as a prosecutor or defense attorney." And uh, thought he did a good job in a really important case for our community. Yeah, I mean he he demolished it. I, I mean, if you guys could have been a fly on the wall watching that, like. It, it was, I was just like, wow. Like, it was like watching a show. He was telling a story. Like, there you go. Like, right there, where the kind of the careers inter- intersect. His storytelling was so 
Oh my gosh. Like, wow. Like it took my breath away. And I think that's what the, the good lawyers hopefully do is, mm-hmm. um, and we worked with, you know, Bree knows my favorite lawyers, uh, Judge Kitty. Yes. Uh, Christina Carly. I also worked for her. Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? And, yes. And, before, uh, before Bob. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, she talked about, okay, you're going to go to war and you need arrows in your quiver and you, you get evidence and you put the evidence in and that all, those are your weapons for the summation. The evidence, you use the evidence to tell the story. You can't tell the story without the evidence and you can't do it without the evidence. It should be based on the evidence, but then that has to be brought together. So we talk about content, organization, and then delivery. And, and you know, there's only a few people who can really deliver, like James did. And I wasn't there for his summation, but I've heard from from several people that it was pretty good. It was not. It was great. So I have a question for you, actually, and I've always wanted to ask a defense lawyer this: Have you ever defended a case? that you knew the person was guilty and still had to defend them? Many, many, many times. Is that hard for you? No. Uh, but you saw me probably roll my eyes a little bit on that one. And if we're telling the truth, there have been a couple where you're like, whoa, this is this is next level stuff. And um, you, know, you ask that question to 100 defense lawyers and they're going to dodge it just like the politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a level of evil in this world that nobody wants to deal with. I don't care how good of a defense lawyer you are. My experience has been that 99.9% of the time, me personally, it's decent people who got involved with drugs and alcohol, who made a mistake. I can think of literally two people that I was, it was not a ton of fun to represent them. And could I do it? Sure. Uh, have I done it? I could give you the names. I'm not going to do it. But yeah, no. um, most of the time, I'm happy to resist. We talk about people who come to us at a low point, and a lot of them are guilty. And a lot of them are guilty. And getting them back on track in their life. Um, I would suggest to you that you walk out on the street right out here. You pass 100 people, 95 of them have committed a crime in their life. They might not have been arrested, but they've done it. Yeah. Um, I know I have. I, I, I certainly have. So <laughs> it, are you a better or worse person because the police happen to know about a crime that you committed? Does it define you for the rest of your life? You know, we want people to be treated fairly. And I'm if, if you did something that you shouldn't have done, did the police follow the rules? What do you deserve? Say, okay, say you had one extra beer and got behind the wheel of the car. Yeah, that's dangerous. And you know, you might have to pay the, the consequences for that. Well, you can get a $500 fine or you can go to jail for a year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the guy that's followed every law for the last 30 years for his entire life, he probably shouldn't have to sit in jail for a year. So is he guilty of the DWI? Sure. Mm-hmm. Will I defend him? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Everyone's in, entitled to representation. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, working here, it's given me a level of perspective of everyone's human. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are bad people in this world, but a lot of them are just normal people who have made mistakes mm-hmm. and have to, you know, do go through the court process. Yeah. And you, it's interesting because when you're taking the phone calls and interacting with the clients, they tell you get a really good perspective of their story of who they live with and what do they do, their work and how this 
one mistake can impact their entire life Mm -hmm. in which it's why it's really important to have good representation Mm -hmm. because this could change your entire life. Yeah. That's facts. I mean, I had, you know, yeah, I I was always curious. Like there's certain people like, you know, you see on TV when the serial killers are being represented and things like that. I'm always just like, how, how do you do it? Like, what if, you know, and it's just, it was just interesting to me. Like, you know, or you, you, or you have an inkling, you maybe not know, maybe the client didn't tell you, but I'm just always curious. Yeah. I've thought about that question so many times. Mm -hmm. It's, you don't know when you meet with the people, you come right into this room, we interview the people they are arrested and you don't know which one are, who's like the good guy who did something stupid Mm -hmm. and who's the evil son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, after a while, we figure it out. And there's not many. The, the true evil, I can tell you, I'm two mm-hmm. in a thousand cases. And, you know, these, and I think I'm probably jiving with what you're saying. The person who is the serial killer, the, the person who has robbed 25 people. Has and no remorse. It's they, not remorseful. Right. This is Mental their career. Yeah. This is yeah. their career choice. Like, I'm going to go steal from our community. I'm going to go hurt people so I can take from them. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty rare. Uh, that's been my experience, having done a thousand cases, met with probably four or five thousand people, prosecuted people. I think it's really rare, but there are, there are bad people out there. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the 0.01% really to me. Yeah. Let's I, hope. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. help. I think, I mean, that goes to the question too. I mean, there's just, people are in situations in life, you know, and not everyone's a bad person. They're just a victim of their circumstances. And I, I find that to be real, but you know, just, you know, when it comes to the serial, you see the high profile cases. I'm always just like, what the heck? How yeah. do you do it? Yeah. That, I think that would be hard. Yeah. I, like I just, I don't know if I could take my emotion out of that at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you're a POS. Okay. You're a bad person. Like I but just, that's, that's probably the same though. I mean, think about, the medical field, doctors, you can't not provide service to someone who comes in wherever they're coming from. You have to help yeah, them. Yeah. So I have a question because I want to talk about this for the last five minutes is because you've also done reporting inside of courtroom. What's your take on the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial? Because I am it's obsessed iconic. with watching this. It's iconic. It's iconic. And Johnny Depp, like, this is really sick and twisted, but it makes you appreciate him as an actor even more because he's so animated in his deposition. Is that the right yes. word? And he comes off so intelligent. I had no idea well, that he was that intelligent. When he was like, what a, when the uh, lawyer was like, you told her you're going to use her mouth other than something else. And yeah. he was like, can you repeat that? You know, like, it made him repeat it because it was so, like, vulgar. I was in tears. Like, I was, like, dying watching it on TikTok. I have my T-shirt ordered that says, were you there? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Um, But she's really interesting. And my perspective on just the way that she's coming across is I think this is damaging her career. Oh, for sure. This is tanking it. And maybe even social life because I'm not sure if anyone's going to want to, I mean, I don't know if I would want to go and, and date somebody who's accused of 
going on someone's bed or like accusing them of abuse and there's not evidence to show that, you know, and yeah. it's vice versa too, obviously. But I, 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 I think, uh, Amber Heard is in a, what other movie has she been in recently though? I mean, that's a real fact. I, I mean, no I, said, I don't think she's really been hired, but yeah. <laughs> like she hasn't been booked and busy, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think that her reputation with this case is, very is going to be tarnished right i do i just feel like that's going to happen i think johnny depp is going to skyrocket yeah i think he's entitled i think i think it did i think these allegations did impact his case or mm-hmm. his career mm-hmm. yeah it's just my opinion i i don't i think the impact is not going to be detrimental like it'll be for amber though correct yeah yeah and it's sad though it is sad but i wonder if she regrets going forward with it's with so this public, case. it's high. Well, I also want to know why it's six weeks. Murder trials don't even go on for six weeks. And yeah. yet we're all watching this and it's going on forever. I feel like it's such a waste of tax dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I it's been a long trial. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy long. It's entertaining. I'm waiting for the Lifetime film to come out on it. And like, I can't stand Lifetime. What? I won't really? watch it. No way. No way. My goal in life is to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie, and then I can retire happily. We'll happily. cast you. Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you a cast. We'll, we'll get you an agent. <laughs> please. <laughs> I've liked watching Johnny Depp, too. I'm probably not supposed to admit that. But you see he has this incredible human intelligence, mm-hmm. almost more than anyone in the courtroom, where he's able to, his timing is able to say, okay, this is the issue here, mm-hmm. and he makes one little comment or move and he continues to make his case better and the other attorney and they, they can't yeah. compete with it he's yeah. so charismatic i think that's really what it is i think mm-hmm. charisma's winning but it's like you know the people who are over charismatic right and they, it's all about center of attention where he's doing very small things mm-hmm. to to refocus the issues and he's doing it maybe more subtly than a lot of people would be able to do Make it. Make a great yeah. attorney. I'm waiting for him to be the next Kim K who passes the California oh my bar. Gosh. <laughs> Kim K, man. I don't know if I want her representing me, but that's what her uh, dressing me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yes. I feel like she, well, obviously she's intelligent too. She's oh, created I don't an think entire she, empire. Empire, billions. I think, I think she probably would make a decent lawyer. We'll see. Look at the the drama and everything that she's dodged over the past 20 years. She'd make a great attorney. I'm I'm curious to see. Uh, I think it'd be good though for her to follow in her dad's legacy. Yeah, I think that'd I think be cool. That would be really that'd be cool really cool actually. See. Like, cause he defended OJ, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I wonder what high profile case she'll get. I don't know. I think she's more focused on like the. It's the jail. Um, it's reform. Yeah, she's yeah, more, yeah. She's more on the reform side. Hmm. This is interesting to think about. She could run a law firm. And not have to make money. So she could yeah. do anything. Right. Could you imagine so, what that firm would look like? Well, you can pick the issues that you find to be important to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people come to us and we, we're a business. We have to charge them. Everybody, we have to make payroll. When you're Kim Kardashian, you don't necessarily have to make payroll. You That's can, fair. You can fight on whatever you decide is yeah. an important issue for your community or our country or whatever it is. I wish we could all do that. Just be billionaires and do what we want. I'd that... take it. I'd take it any day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trust me. Give me a billion dollars. Yeah. Pay out the student loans first, though. Yes, exactly. But then you could go forward and do what you actually are very 
passionate about, mm-hmm. you know? I Not agree. worry about bills or anything else, you know? I would love it, to be honest. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it.